Hello and welcome to the AVSJ podcast. I'm here with my buddy Aaron. How are you doing, Aaron? Hello, I'm good. Um, yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I know that we talk about the weather a lot in our intros, but today is actually scorching. It is it's like well hot. 31 degrees. It says 32 on mine. Really? Yeah. Also, I'm sorry to annoy your grandma by giggling straight away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my grandma sent, well, she told me over text and then in person from a socially distance, distant that we giggle too much in the intros. So, Grandma, I apologise already. We, we failed you. And we should apologise because we laughed throughout the whole episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because we've got a really, really exciting guest on. And he was just so funny. Yeah, well. we had the man Soup, a.k.a. Dark here from Jurassic 5 and Fully Love. Yeah, very exciting. Um, we're both huge Jurassic 5 fans have been for a long time so to have him on the show was really really exciting we spoke about all sorts we spoke about like his him working in the music industry before starting Jurassic 5 his experiences in the group his insecurities in the group how it is compared to his solo work now he just had a lot of stories as well which was really yeah he he talked a lot and it was really funny as well and like the whole time me and Emma were kind of cracking up which was yeah it was fun um (laughs) I think it was also quite good because before we recorded we basically like this guy he literally (laughs) before we even started was like I don't even know how to work zoom yeah he downloaded zoom just for us (laughs) he didn't have any microphone any recording equipment any recording software uh, we had to get him to download GarageBand because we knew it would be on his laptop. And then it didn't work. <laughs> so we, yeah. we were like his IT guys for the first half an hour before we started the actual recording. Yeah. But I think that was actually kind of good because, like, I think if we had just gone straight into it, I don't know about you, but I might have been like, oh, my God, I'm interviewing like one of the guys in Jurassic 5. I listened to Jurassic 5 for, like, almost all of my teenage years. Mm. And now I'm interviewing him. This is kind of crazy. But then because we were like, his IT help for half an hour, <laughs> calmed the nerves and made it a bit more like friendly conversation. Mm. And he is, he was very friendly and really nice. And thank you again, Soup, for um, coming on the show with us. Yeah, I think without any further ado, give it to Soup. Yeah. Enjoy your episode. <laughs> Woo, Soup! <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the AVSJ podcast. I'm here again with my buddy Aaron and this week we've got a very exciting guest um, from Jurassic 5 and the Fully Love Collective. Soup, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Hey, hey, how are you guys doing? My name's Doc here. I'm versatile and plus I never eat cow if it ain't halal. Why you rap with bitten styles in the third degree? Myself is having tight like cornbread. Earl and me showcase with the boys. It's so, so fresh and I can still serve a rubber in a minute or less. I can talk all day but I'm Save my breath and let my nigga Mark Seven just do the rest. Ah. It's been a journey, but we are yeah. here. We are here. We've been we've been trying to do some technical work. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've been helping me out. Yeah, they've been helping me out. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't now. Just, they don't just host, they also got technical <laughs> skills. Yeah. We're here now, we're recording, everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how are you doing today? 
I'm good, man. I'm good. You guys caught me in the morning, so that's a good thing. You know, I'm usually up early anyway because I usually uh, pray, and mm. then I I may go back to sleep or I may stay up and play Xbox or read. Most, <laughs> most likely Xbox. <laughs> what, what are you playing on Xbox? Uh, I am like engulfed in Red Dead Redemption 2 right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, have, I still have games in the plastic, but I was like, let me pick this one and play, and I'm just... I am <laughs> shooting everything, robbing everybody. I, yeah, you name it, I'm doing it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I played that game a while back, but I feel like everyone in lockdown, now that they've got loads of time, they're like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to pick up Red Dead Redemption. Exa- yeah. Exactly, because, I mean, it's, 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 it, it lasts a long time. It's a mm. long game, yeah. so you definitely have some time for sure. Yeah, my friend was supposed to be doing his dissertation and he kept just giving us updates on how well Reddit, doing. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, like, do I, your work, man. Yeah, I, yeah. and I am I'm, I'm, I get my OCD in games sometimes, so if I if I don't do certain things perfectly, I'll start over. And I, I, I think I've started over probably like 20 times already, but I'll start over because I got to get everything right, so. <laughs> well, the whole game or just the level? Uh, the le- just the level. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say it. Yeah. I was going to say it the time. Dude, I mean, I, I perfected the first chapter, so uh, yeah, you, you wouldn't believe, yeah. I'm, only, I'm, just, I'm just on the second chapter, so yeah, I, I, 20 times on the first chapter I started over. Okay. All right, that's enough for my OCD. <laughs> nice, nice. We like to do like a little quick fire thing, just to kind of get you into... Um, just to get you into the mood yeah okay. it's just like we'll ask you some questions just think of like the first answer that comes to your head sometimes there'll be like an option it shouldn't be difficult but just alright let's try it alright uh, first question do you play any instruments no no okay second question east coast or west coast west coast who is the artist you most look up to oh yeah Otis Redding. Nice. Uh, Kanye West or Jay-Z? <sighs> Jay-Z. Only because of Kanye's <laughs> behavior. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Yeah. <laughs> what is your favorite song you have written? Oh, favorite song I've written? Um, I have a new song called Martini Shot that I really mm. like. So um, that's the one at this particular time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cheat answer because we can't yeah. ask you <laughs> Good Kid, Mad City or To Pimp a Butterfly? I'm going to go with Good Kid, Mad City because yes. I think that was uh, before. Um, so, you know, now the the second one, people are, were already, they were hip to him. Mm. You know? uh-huh. So, mm. you know, they were hip to him on the second mm-hmm. one. I'll take the first. This is my favorite question because me and Aaron are like polar opposites. Aaron's To Pimp a Butterfly and I'm Good Kid, Mad City. And the two guests we've asked this question mm. to both have said good kid, Mad City, so I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> uh, dream collaboration. Dream collaboration? Um, you know, I I don't... It would have... They're not here no more. It would have been, you know, either Michael Jackson or Prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been either Michael or Prince. LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Even though LeBron's in the in the LeBron's in the West Coast. 
Yeah, oh yeah, no, it's Michael Jordan. Um, because <laughs> the and only and if you would have asked me, like, who's my favorite basketball player, I would have said Magic Johnson. Because without mm. question, it's Magic Johnson. But mm. um, I seen Michael. I seen Michael come from college to being Michael Jordan. So, mm. and I've seen LeBron too. But I mean, Michael just really made the. He really took basketball global. So mm-hmm. before it was anybody else, Magic and Larry Bird started it off, but Michael just he yeah. just took it. So Michael, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Best book you've read? It's a couple, um, but I, I'm I'm really into autobiographies. So um, mm-hmm. and and not just because of what the climate is, but like I usually like um, musicians' autobiographies um, and. Otis Williams from The Temptations. He, mm-hmm. the, the story of The Temptations was, mm. was good. And I also like Malcolm X um, because I just like the fact that Malcolm X just, he was a pimp, he was in jail, he was a drug addict. And just to elevate yourself like yeah. that just is incredible. So, mm. but I mean, I, I gave you two, but I, I'll go with the first That's one. All right. <laughs> we'll accept it. Temptations <laughs> was dope. Um, and final question pizza or pasta? Pizza. Oof. That was definite. <laughs> yeah, pizza. Yeah, pizza. Pizza. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, right, we can start asking you real questions. Yeah, no, we can actually. <laughs> no, no, those are real questions, man. Yeah. People usually don't ask me those. Yeah. Tell us a bit about, like, how you grew up with music. What was it like uh, within your family? And just kind of what music were you listening to growing up? Okay, well, I grew up in South Central LA, um, mm-hmm. and music was was a constant, man. That mm-hmm. when, and that was all due to my father. Uh, my mother and father met at um, a Stevie Wonder concert out in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> that's where they met. Um, I guess my father was either smooth enough or my mother was dumb enough to fall for it. Either either way, they, they both fell for it. And I uh, had my sister first and then had me two years later. And um, my father had, um, he had talent. He uh, self-taught harmonica, self-taught guitar, just never, you know, he just didn't, he didn't pursue it. He had a chance to uh, actually, you know, play um, with a, um, I guess the guy was somewhat famous. I want to say um, Lenny Hayward. Lenny Hayward. He had a song that he, the song that he, um, that he, he did became major to the point to where everybody knows it because it's the, uh, it's the music bed behind. Um, was it G thing? Uh, what is it? Yeah. Da, 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 da. One, two, three, into the fold. Snoop Doggy Dog and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first. Yeah, yeah. so my, yeah, my, he actually asked, um, and the name of that song is called I Want to Do Something Freaky to You, was the uh, original. And uh, the guy who did it actually asked my father to be in his band, and my father was like, nah. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah i don't know what other shit he had happened but uh yeah i was like whatever it was it was important because he was like no 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 you you make hit songs and i'm gonna go over here so yeah <laughs> thanks pop but um yeah so i think it just trickled down to me and um mm-hmm. 
you know, growing up in my house, it was it was Stevie Wonder. It was The Temptation. It was Otis Redding, like you would mm-hmm. believe. It was James Brown, mm-hmm. like you would believe. And it was also Al Green. So it was a lot of just, you know, music growing up. And that's how I became, mm-hmm. you know, fascinated with it. Like, obviously, you said that your family were into kind of like soul and funk, um, arts like that. And then when you were kind of moving into hip hop, what was their kind of reaction? Were they like encouraging you to do it? Did they understand what hip hop was about? Or was it like a bit of a not understanding of what was going on? Um, well, my father, my father, um, I'm not going to say he didn't understand because my father is, he, I mean, he didn't get me into hip hop, but my father did two things, two uh, monumental things for me growing up. First time I heard Rapper's Delight. Mm-hmm. I remember I was going to uh, we had this thing out here called flag football mm-hmm. where you would tie these flags you have two flags on the side and you would tie around and you it was like a football game an American football game and the, 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 the thing is to snatch the flag you don't tackle you don't hit you just snatch the flag and I hated it because I couldn't play I, could, I couldn't catch I couldn't do anything so I hated it but my father was my father is like a manly man he was like no you gonna go out here with these other dudes and you gonna get your, you know get your shoes dirty and I was like I hate this so on the way there <laughs> so on the way there Rapper's Delight Sugar Hill Gang comes on and the first time I heard it I was just like I want this song and he you know we he went and bought it for me that was the first time the second real real moment for me is my father used to go out and I used to stay at home I was what they call a latchkey kid that you know parents would be away you have the key to get in know how to make Mm -hmm. your food and all that and uh, he would go out and I remember the morning uh, I I woke up to go check on him because I you know when I would get up I always make sure he was all right. and then I see this record that said run DMC sucker MC's 12 inch profile and I looked at it and I went and I took it because I had heard the song and liked the song I just didn't know who the group was I go in there and I play it early in the morning and I'm thinking how did my father know about this song two years ago a friend of mine asked me to say some MC rhyme so I said this rhyme I'm about to say the rhyme was there so then it went this way took a test to become an MC and our script became amazed at me so Larry put me inside stacked to lack the strip drove off and we never came back so when I finally asked him he was like oh I won that at the club <laughs> I was like, oh, it, like, not only do they dance, they also give away prizes. So I was just like, okay, well, thanks, Pops, for this sucker MC classes, right? Yeah, so yeah, a shout out to Pops, man. He's still he's still doing it. So <laughs> you said um, before, like he was he was involved in music, but he never actually went on to record any. What was his reaction like when you put that? Uh, voicemail of his on the album you know I never we never went in depth into what he was really feeling but you kind of my father is is um my father's from the old school man where like as he's gotten close to 80 now my father I want to say in the last two years I heard my father say out of his mouth I love you mm-hmm. I had never heard that mm-hmm. growing up but I would have to decipher what I love you meant back then and so it was when I would go out 
he would go, be careful. Mm. <laughs> or he would say, your pants is sagging too low on your ass. Pull them up. <laughs> so I was like, oh, he loves me. He don't want that to happen to me. Okay. You know, you like, you messing with them little, them little, them little heifer girls. Be careful. Don't come in here with no babies. Oh, he loved me. Okay. You know, so that's, that's what it was. So, you know, when I did the music, when I was doing music, I didn't really tell anybody because I didn't want anybody coming with uh, what I couldn't do. You know, I didn't want to hear anybody tell me I couldn't do it or how hard it was or this, that, and the third. And he knew I was doing it, but he didn't know that I was that serious about it. So when we finally got put on and had a record and I told him to record it and then I brought the record to him and let him hear it, he was like, wow. And that's why on on it, he said, man, I'm proud of my son. He said, but Mm -hmm. not only that. He said, I'm proud of the guys that's with him because Mm -hmm. at that time we could have been, we could have been anything. Mm -hmm. We could have been anything and we could have been anywhere. And to have those many guys, males in one group on the same page in LA. Yeah, that was, that was Mm -hmm. kind of, I ain't going to say it was unheard of, but it was definitely a nice thing to see getting all those guys together and ain't nobody talking about, let's go rob this, uh, you know, mm-hmm. let's go beat these people up. So, you know, he was definitely proud. Yeah, yeah, that is. I mean, it's something that is definitely noticeable in the music is that it was very much like separate from the music of the time and separate from the portrayals of people at the time as well. Very much like a, a throwback to more like Run DMC and more like um, Rappers Delight kind of 80s rap. How were you feeling putting out uh, putting out music that was much more inspired from the time before it was being released, if that makes sense? Like, was there any concern about how it would be received? Maybe maybe slightly. Um, it was never said out loud, but I think, you know, slightly, uh, maybe to a certain extent. But the, at, at, the, at the point of being able to put out a record, that trumped any insecurities about that. Because mm-hmm. to be sitting there and go like, yo, I have worked, strived, wished, begged, prayed, and here it is. Mm-hmm. Here it is. I didn't really care. I knew it wasn't going to be at that time when we came out. Gangsta rap, what they consider gangster rap, was the epitome of, of music, you know, as far as hip hop mm-hmm. was concerned. And so I, I was just like... I'm just happy to be here. And I was just like, somebody is going to dig what we did. And I mean, because that's how we got attached to it was through the, you know, considered what was old school. So mm-hmm. I was just happy to be able to put out a record. I never thought, because I didn't even want to be a, I didn't want to rap. That was mm-hmm. never something I wanted to do. I wanted to act. That's what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I used to go out on auditions. I, I, I got turned down, but <laughs> but I still gave it the old college try. But yeah, I didn't, you know, want to be an MC. You know, I was perfectly fine of buying people's stuff. Cool J, Run DMC, Fat Boys, Houdini, mm-hmm. Rock. I was cool with buying their stuff, and that was it. But I had the opportunity, and I took it. You kind of talk about like um, you and the three other guys like being in that time kind of separate from the rest. How did you form the group and like how did you kind of find, how did you come about finding three other people who were like kind of like-minded and wanted to kind of pursue the same thing as you? Well, me and one of the guys uh, met in high school and it was through hip hop because um, 
we were throwing out names of artists that really wasn't that popular at that time. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, you know about them? Well, what about these? And I was like, oh, yeah, what about... And so we, then that's how we connected. Um, the old school vibe, I, I remember we, we got together... Um, how me and that guy got together my uncle would um at the time was he worked for a gang task force because in la in the in the 80s the, the the mid to late 80s uh with the crack epidemic and and gangs it was it was it was a tough time for you know for being young and black growing up then so um my uncle was a gang task force person and he had this rap for peace thing and I couldn't rap. And he asked me, he said, man, I'm doing this, this little talent thing. You should come through and rap. And he was like, you know how to rap? And, you know, being a kid, you know, you arrogant, you thinking, you know, so I was like, yeah, I could rap. Lying, couldn't do, I could barely tie my shoe good, but just lying. I was just like, yeah, of course I can do it. And then, so I did it. And I, that was my first time I ever wrote a rap. And it was very basic, very generic. Went and did it. And see, I thought that since my uncle, I had a family member on the judges board, I was like, I'm a shoe in the witness. I was like, because I know one of the judges and he actually likes me. I said, so it's on. Did it and lost. And I was pissed. And I asked my, I kind of, I didn't ask him why I didn't win, but I was just kind of like, what happened? <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> why you didn't put in a good word for your your, your kin, your blood? <laughs> what, what happened? <laughs> and he was just like, he, and he said, he said, the other guys had the crowd into it. And at that time, I wasn't thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And so the guy, one of the guys who became part of Jurassic 5, I knew he could rhyme. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, he said, well, I'm going to do it again. He said, we'll have another one. So I said, this time I'm going to go get the guy that I know. Mm-hmm. I was like, and then we'll win. We did it, and we didn't win. And then I think we started <laughs> we, we something. We wrote something, and then I forgot my verse, and I had to freestyle it, and then it just turned into fun, and that kind of snowballed it into me and him rhyming together. And then we met the other guys through this place called The Good Life Cafe. So... I, I, you guys got to ask me other questions because I'll ramble on. So just <laughs> That's good. tell me what you want. <laughs> well, yeah. So what was the Good Life Cafe? Um, good Life Cafe was every Thursday, Los Angeles, off of uh, Crenshaw Boulevard. If you ever come to L.A. again, Jay, come to <laughs> Crenshaw. Yeah, we're going to get you to Crenshaw. But no, it was uh, it was a health food store. But every Thursday night, they would have a, a open mic. And you could come do poetry, sing you know, uh, MC, but of course the MC part, cause it was young folks at the time took over and, um, just very competitive. You got to see some incredibly talented folks that a lot of you guys have, will never be able to witness, unfortunately. But, um, that's kind of where we got our bones to do what we needed to do. And we met the other guys there and, um, they liked what we were doing. We liked what they were doing. And we were like, yo, let's get together and do this song and go up to the good life and, and blow up, you know, and then we, we, you know, that was all, that was, that's how Jurassic Five started. It was just like, you know, cause the good life was competitive and it was good. And, and then if you, you did good, people would, you know, the other MCs will acknowledge that. And you, you know, you become popular, you know, and then people start getting record deals out of there. So it was just yeah. like, you know, we own the something. And we was like, let's just do this song and blow up. 
we didn't think it would really, really blow up. We did well at the good life, but we didn't know we was going to do well in the world, you know, music. So that that's what it was. We've done research, but a part of the research said that there's a connection with you and Mob Deep and Wu-Tang. What is the connection? Well, the, the Mob Deep is more of the connection because um, I was uh, very instrumental of getting Mob Deep on Loud Records. I always had liked Mob Deep from their first uh, album called Juvenile Hell, which was on a label called Fourth and Broadway. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I was like one of the very few that bought that album, but I, I, I thought they were dope. Mm-hmm. And uh, I knew a guy that worked for Fourth and Broadway, and we became cool over the phone because when I worked for Loud Records, I used to do college promotion. And so we became cool on the phone. I used to talk to a lot of people. And then I asked, I was like, well, what's up with Mob Keep? I was like, where they at, man? I was like, what's going on with them? And um, he was like, oh, man, you know, uh, they're not on Fourth and Broadway no more. And I was like, oh, so they just floating. And he was like, yeah. I was like, well, give me the number <laughs> to Prodigy. I said, give me the number. May, may Allah be pleased with it. I was like, give me the number. And he gave me the number and I would call. And I think I would call every every two oh, times really? a week. Yeah. <laughs> and I could never catch him. He was never at home. But I got so cool with his grandmother. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I would call and I'd be like, I speak to Prodigy. And she was like, no, he's not here. And I was like, can you tell him? And one time she was like, soup? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, it's, it, it's me. And she was like, she said, let me give you a number to who's managing him. You know? And I was like, that would be even better, Grandma. I was like, yeah, you know? And um, so she gave me the number to the person that was managing him. And then that's how the ball got rolling. But before I could really, really reap the benefit of that, Interscope Records had called me. And they were like, we like what you're doing at Loud we'll give you more money to come and work for us. And then they had all the Death Row, the Tupac, the, mm. the uh, Dog Pound, the, the, the Dr. Dre. They had all that. So I was just like, of course I'm going to go over there because they were really, really blowing up. So I never got to see, you know, Mob really blow up and experience it firsthand. I, 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 I had to see it from afar, but I was really, really proud of them. And, you know, when they went gold, they gave me a gold record. And the Wu-Tang thing, I didn't have anything to do with Wu-Tang, but a good buddy of mine who I still talk to is uh, is the one that somebody gave him a heads up on Wu-Tang. He heard it. He went to Loud and was like, we got to sign these guys. <laughs> He's like, we got to sign these guys. And so, you know, we took a look and the beauty about Wu-Tang was if I say Wu-Tang now, the world know. Mm. But you got to understand when it, they walked in and said Wu-Tang Clan and you were like who the hell are y'all <laughs> and then you, you never heard it I was like they got a, a Negro in here named Ghostface Killer I was like I ain't never heard of that in Method Man and so I was just like who are these dudes and um, you know to see them go from just nine dudes that nobody knew Hmm. To be as iconic as they are, it's mind blowing. It's my, I remember one quick story. Met the man, me, me, and the guy who um, who I uh, went to school with. Um, I used to work in Falau Records. I used to get 
and, and could get into a lot of stuff, a lot of shows. I could, I would just, I bring people with me. I could just walk in because you know I, I worked for a label, and Wu Tang was out, and Prince had a club. Prince had a club in L.A. called Glam Slam, mm-hmm. and um, they were performing there. That was one of their first performances in L.A., and they were hot. People had started to know them, and I remember it was me. The guy from the group, another guy from the group, Jurassic Five, and Method Man was outside talking. And Method Man seen these two girls, and he was like, you know, hey, ladies, or you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they basically brushed him off. They didn't diss him, but they brushed him off. And I remember Method Man going, okay, no problem. When my shit go platinum, you're going to want to talk. <laughs> 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 they don't remember I know them ladies don't remember but I was like I would love to you know if I could get them together and be like remember the guy you brought here he is right here so, that was a funny yeah he was That's like really when they blow up yeah so so was that so all of this stuff was this before you'd actually formed the group were you just oh working? yeah this no this was be- this was before I uh, performed the group I actually got fired for doing Jurassic Five from Interscope, oh, really? uh, they, yeah, yeah, they fired me there. Yeah, they they fired me while I was uh, in Miami. Yeah, mm-hmm. they yeah they they fired me, and I had to find that out through a coworker of mine who was drunk, uh, coming out of another venue, screaming out, "B, they fired your ass!" <laughs> and I was like, "Who was he talking to?" And he was like, "He they." They fired you. I said, fired who? They was like me. They was like, yo, man, so-and-so, who's the head guy at the time, told me you was fired. If I see you, tell you you was fired. I was like, damn, he told me that Miami? I was like, what kind of dude is this? I was like, man, yeah. And then people who I knew was there, they would come up. They was coming up to me like, yo, you got fired for real? So I'm embarrassed. I'm on the beach in Miami. I just had seen. I, I just got through watching Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes had just. I don't even. Th- I think he had just released Wuha. Mm. That was his first, and so nobody knew what that was going to do. So I'm at the show. It, um, they used to have these showcases, and it was a. Uh, uh, he was off Electra Records, and so it was an Electra Records showcase. And I'm there. I'm like, yeah, I'm interested to see what Buster Rhymes do because he had, you know, had just left uh, Leaders of the New School. So he did Woo Ha, and I was like, that's dope. And he did some other stuff. I said, okay, I think he gonna do all right. And then here come my coworker going, yeah, he gonna do all right. But your ass is fired. <laughs> you ain't gonna do all right. Yeah, but he gonna be fine. But you gonna be without a job. So yeah, they fired me for that. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, no problem. I was like, so I gotta, you know, I, I was like, I, I got kicked in the ass in Miami. I said, but I'll come back, and I came back. You know. Yeah, I guess and we laugh about it today. Me and him, we still we talk every now and then, and we'll laugh about it. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I don't really like you, but okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I guess um, it was a blessing in disguise because then you went on to form Jurassic Five. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes stuff is. Um, well, well, people say things happen for a reason, and they do. They do. They definitely do. Um, and that was supposed to happen, and. You know that was just extra fuel in the on the fire mm. for me, and and it panned mm. out. It panned out. Working kind of behind the scenes in the music industry at that time, when it's like a time where so many people are blowing up, is there anybody that got 
that blew up that everybody was kind of doubting behind the scenes? And was there anybody who everyone thought was going to be like the next big thing? And they just didn't. Uh, well, it? You, well, you knew Nas was going to be the next big thing. It ain't hard to tell. I excel, then prevail. The mic is contacted. I attract clientele. My mic check is life or death. Breathing the sniper's breath. I exhale the yellow smoke of Buddha through righteous steps. Deep like the shining. Sparkle like a diamond. Sneak a Uzi on the island. And my army jacket lining. Hit the earth like a comet. Invasion. Nas is like the Afro situation. Half man, half amazing. I remember um, when he was nasty Nas, and uh, he 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 had had um, I want to say, I think it was it ain't hard to tell. I think it ain't hard to tell a halftime. And I remember he was in L.A. and I introduced him on the mic. And then I re- I remember the 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 rep for Columbia Records was like he dropped nasty from his name so don't call him nasty Nas call him Nas I said okay but the world had knew him as nasty Nas so I get right up there and say straight out of line from New York nasty Nas and he got on the <laughs> mic and was like Nas I was like <laughs> like my bad OG I was like and so there was another thing I remember when Nas was just and it was just this guy is gonna be all right Mm-hmm. And then to see him become Nas, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I had a chance to, I had a, the opportunity to introduce him one time and fucked his name up. Sorry, Nas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My bad, OG. Yeah. So, um, but you knew Nas was going to pop. Uh, a person you didn't think that was going to do anything that did something. I'm going to tell you, I don't know if it was it was known, and I'm pretty sure it was somebody, but for me, it's certain people who I just didn't think they was going to pop. Um, and the main person was Common, when he was Common mm, Sense. Really? Because I knew the guy who signed him, this cat named Peter. I knew the guy who signed him. And um, Common Sense was on Relativity Records, and Relativity Records actually gave me and one of the other guys in the Jurassic Five who from high school gave us a, a demo deal gave us a demo deal so i thought we was gonna actually come out on relativity records before it was a jurassic five but that fell through but um yeah when comic came out i remember he was like man listen to this dude he's dope and so i remember listening to can i borrow a dollar and i was just and he called me back and was like what you think and i was like this shit's horrible b i was like this this, this, this. i was like <laughs> I was like, like this shit is horrible. I was just like, he too comical. I said, man, he he, he doing too many jokes. I said, I don't, I don't really want to hear no Negro rhyming with all these jokes, man. And then he came out with the remix to the song called Soul by the Pound. Bad, bad, it's Leroy Brown, Brown. I'm a pro, 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 but not a noun, a noun. If you got beef, beef, you get ground, ground. Cut up his soul, soul by the pound. I'm going downtown like you let Brown. I'm the round mound, not a rebound, but like a hound, I get down. Never more release, but I'ma show you how loose is my goose. Got more soul than combat boots. And when I heard that, and it wasn't no joke, it was him rhyming. Cause I you knew he could rhyme, but I just wasn't with up with all of the little jokes and you know and, and the punchlines. You know, he just had too many. Yeah. And when he came out with Soul by the Pound, I called my boy Peter. I was like, now if he do this, I'll mess with him. Then he came out with the album Resurrection and I bought it immediately because I was like, this is dope. But I didn't think Common would turn into Common. I didn't think he would mess around and win, I think, with an Academy Award. 
for best mm-hmm. song or something. I, you couldn't have told me that. I'm gonna tell you somebody else who <laughs> they had written off. They really had written off. I think they did, uh, but they they came back. The Fugees. They first mm-hmm. record. They had a song called Booth Bop. I remember hearing that and was like, they are horrible. I was like, <laughs> I'm not checking for. I had the album because I used to get a lot of free music. I had the album and was just like. It, no, I was like, I don't know, <laughs> it's not gonna work, y'all. I was just like, this is horrible. <laughs> and, and then they came out with the remix to I want to say it was Nappy Heads or something like that. And I was just like, if they sound like this, I'll be able to fuck with them. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I know, it that next album, the food. I'm gonna tell yeah. you another person I didn't like, but no, no, I didn't like in the beginning. But it wasn't like they wasn't gonna blow up because they was making noise. But Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. Really? No, they had see because at that time it, he had party and bullshit, and I was just mm-hmm. like, I was like, I'm not feeling this song, man. I was like, dude, and people was like, this is the bomb. I was like, that shit, because I was a Black Moon fan. Black Moon couldn't do no wrong. The boot camp, they couldn't do no wrong to me at that time. And I had this tape that I used to play of Black Moon. It was a, it was a single. It was called, uh, it was I Got You Open Remix. Let me know if I'm rambling too much. It was called I Got You Open Remix. And I know you guys heard it, probably heard of that song. And it was on tape. It was a single and it had a B-side. And I would play this to get hyped, to make phone calls. I would play this tape <laughs> every day to get hyped, to make phone calls. And my coworkers was like, dude, this nigga play this shit every day and so they took the tape and hit it because they was like i don't want to hear black moon today so i'm looking for my black moon tape and they was like i said nobody's seen it right i was like it was right on this desk ain't nobody seen it they was like we don't know what happened and i was just like okay so i'm digging through these tapes and i'm just like dude what can i play to get hype i see biggie smalls sampler for, for ready to die and i was just like i don't like this dude i was just like but okay whatever popped it in and was like i've been sleeping this whole <laughs> time <laughs> so yeah okay that was my quick little stories yeah no, so great <laughs> it's, it's really interesting that you said biggie smalls because i'm not sure if you'll be aware of this but Tell me, because I'm aware. But you say it. On the internet. <laughs> you say it, yeah. <laughs> you say it. On the internet, there's a lot of people saying that you are Biggie Smalls. That I am Biggie Smalls. Um, I have. But how did this even come about? I like? don't know. I don't know, because, <laughs> because one of the other guys, who the guy who I went to school with, and in Jurassic 5, He's Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> they say he's Tupac. I don't know how I. Be- he told me one time he was like, "Oh, they say you Biggie Smalls," and I was like, well, "Who? Who? Who? They say that?" He was like, "You." I was like, "Me? I'm Biggie." He's like, "Yeah." And it went from. And I've had people come on my YouTube channel, mm. call me every name in the book, but a child of God, call me every name in the book. Said, and then it went from I'm Biggie Smalls. To now, I'm the actor that played Biggie Smalls, and they go, they take pictures, they take pictures, and go, look at his lazy eye. <laughs> <laughs> they say that's the best 
transformation surgery we ever seen. <laughs> and I'm, just like, I'm like, are you guys serious? And they like, yeah, you deaf faker. You going to hell. It was like, you... <laughs> It's like you gay. All you guys are gay and you going to hell. And then they bombard me. They'll go on my social media and bombard. But it's all young folks. That's a lot of young folks. It's a lot of young folks. And then they'll go like, we got the proof is you. And I'm like, oh, really? So where's the proof? I'm like, what's the proof? And then they'll show me a, they'll send me a YouTube link. And I'll fall out laughing. I'll be like, wait a minute. <laughs> Your proof is the YouTube link. I was just like, I thought you had like real paperwork, DNA stuff. I was just like, YouTube? Because I was like, I could send you a link from YouTube about how to cook a cat. I was just like, so what? Uh, but yeah, that that's the funniest thing. But yeah, people, uh, they're really gung-ho about it. So really gung-ho. I haven't met them face-to-face. No one has told me face-to-face they think that. But you know, yeah, man. Yeah, and sometimes I entertain it. Sometimes I entertain it. They'll be like, "Hey, Biggie," and I'll be and I'll respond, "Baby, baby, what's happening?" <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <you> know, <laughs> and sometimes, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, to be honest, I I don't see I don't see the resemblance. Yeah, there seems to be zero no resemblance. <laughs> There's none at. Oh, I, I never met Big, but I've been to a couple of his concerts. Big was over six feet. I'm not yeah. six foot, you know. <laughs> I, I, I'm, and then people will go, um, yeah, but uh, you could tell he was big at one time because he, I'm like, no, nah, that's from being 50 and eating shit <laughs> after 12. You shouldn't be eating. I shouldn't be eating. You can't eat whole chickens after 12 and shit. So it's just like, uh, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm glad you brought that up. So yeah, please, people over in the UK, I am not big. Don't hit up my web, my social medias, calling me a fraud. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm not that man. Okay, that man is not here. So okay, go ahead. Talking, talking back about Jurassic Five. So, what kind of was it like working as the group like what was the writing process like um kind of how were you going about writing your albums from like just being like a couple guys that you went to high school with to then suddenly like being quite a well-known group in the hip-hop community the writing process was nobody wrote everything Mm -hmm. it wasn't a person that wrote everything and then handed it to everybody everybody wrote their own stuff sometimes somebody would come with a chorus like one song that was written and peace for everybody was a song called Woe Is Me. Well, here's a little something for the people in the house. I'ma tell you what my crew is all about. We like the rhythm fusion. We're producing songs for the world's men, women, and children. Armed and equipped with much confidence. And this is how we're gonna make our living. Some are known for being writers. Non-creative and whack rhyme writers. Yo, that was the only song that was, you know, because... I don't know, maybe, you know, you two guys work together and I don't know if you say, for instance, if it's something that you guys want to do or talk to or somebody you want to say, and then as, and then you both have a mutual, you know, interest in it. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, let's talk to that person. Mm -hmm. But maybe you, Aaron, maybe you'll go, I'm going to do some research and your research is a lot stronger than Jay's. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so when, when y'all get together... Aaron, you'll go, well, okay, this is what I got, Jay. And then Jay will look like, damn, I only 
got their name. <laughs> She's like, what you, you, you know, you know their parents and they favorite ice cream. And, and so, Aaron, you'll give Jay so y'all can both, you know, do it. And it's not that, you know, uh, Jay is, is incapable of doing it. It's just that you you the word of one, you know, that, that it, 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 it made you, you know, you was more interested or you was more gung-ho, I should say, about it. And so that's what it would be. Somebody would write a chorus or somebody would have a verse or it would start with a beat. It was never like one particular formula. It was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Was there ever like an accountability of like, my verse has to be this good, otherwise it's not up to scratch with other people. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, for me, it was always that. For me, it was always that because I didn't want to be, all the other three guys were rhyming before me. So I always felt inferior. I mm-hmm. always did. So, um, and, it, and then sometimes it didn't come out by my admission. Sometimes it didn't come out uh, in the best way, you know, cause I would get, um, you know, I would get jealous. I would get envious, you know, if, if they versus was getting more love than mine, not taking into the account that, you know, they've been doing this longer than me. It was just, you know, you get your ego, man. So, you know, that's what it was, but it did make me sharpen my pen more. And then when I knew I had it was the second album, the first mm-hmm. album, I was in the dark, just kind of, you know, feeling. But the second, yeah. the power in numbers, I was like, I'm going to make sure I'm not the weak link in the chain. And so I know when power in numbers came out, I got a lot of love. People was like, yo, I liked your verse in this one. Hey, I like the way you sing. I li-. And I was just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it, it definitely uh, catered to my ego. And, um, but, Power number. Speaking of that, when Big Daddy Kane, when we did a song with Big Daddy Kane and Percy P, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna say, I don't know how it's gonna come off, but I was like, I gotta do it. Yo, I'm the hot dog, the runner, hottest monologue installed, poetic inserts, and yes, y'all. My speech is like holding two blocks of peace to outreach that rock police. The Super Avenger member tenor, plus I ain't adventure swimmer. Rewrite the Emmy winner, get hype off any printer. And I came to get it, hit it. Like Operation Push, operate the touch, black octopus, the soul. And then a terror trying to patrol, a planet my goal. And lo and behold, it's the rubber dock, ready to rock, rock. It don't stop, hops, I knock like the lumberjack, chop, chop. The worst myth, for writing block letters, a curse, a curse for circus, service, surface. And watch how the brother get over, the fly casting over with the frankincense odor. And for me, that my, that verse in Day at the Races, and then Big Daddy Kane came up to me and was like, hey, my man, you dope. And I was just like, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, Big Daddy Kane said, I'm the shit. I was just like, hey, that's all I need. I called my father and was like, remember when you didn't believe in me? Fuck you. but no it was just it was like Kane was like man you dope and I was just like okay I can do this for sure and then from there on it was just you know it took me a long time to get confidence man it took me a long time Mm -hmm. and then so we've kind of been talking as in like you and the three other um, rappers but also obviously Cut Chemist and Newmark were like as equally involved what was kind of 
the process with them? Like, would you come to them with lyrics and they say, all right, we'll make a beat around it? Would they come to you with beats and you'd be like, all right, we'll rhyme to this? They would come with beats. They would, they would, they would, they would come with beats. They would come with music and play music. And then whatever we may have had, you know, maybe we felt this verse uh, could go with it or to be to do something. I know when uh, Newmark brought us what's golden beat, mm-hmm. it was just the way it hit. It was just like, yo, let's get down on this right now. Yeah. And so, you know, and I was like, and I'm going first. And I was just like, wrote my rhyme and was like, boom. I work to pen to make the ink transform on any particular surface the pen lands on. I care if it's hands on. What's the beef? The coolie high code G's. High post techniques. I drape off poetic landscapes and shapes. Illustrate the paper space off the pens that paint. Then design what happened. National Geographic the magic with tailor-made status and plus flavor that's automatic. Uh. And that was it. But yeah, it was usually the beat would come from them. The beat would come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we would decipher which ones we thought we could do something to and which ones we did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With a song like What's Golden, where like instantly when you hear the beat, you can feel like the energy of the song. Is it obvious to you in the making process what songs are going to blow up and what songs will be just like album tracks? No, no, because to be honest with, with you, in my opinion, J5 never had a hit. Never had a hit of what I consider a hit. Now, most people say, you know, if you go out and, you know, you go to a, a coffee house and, you know, we own a, the rotation at the coffee house and you be like, yeah, that's a hit. No, nah, I'm talking about a hit <laughs> to where if I say a song by the Fugees and you'll be like, yeah, they had, you know, mm-hmm. that that's a hit. I wanted a hit like that. And mm-hmm. J5 never got that. We got some underground classics, you know, uh, even with that, you know, some people may may feel that they they're not underground class they may just figure they backpacker class i don't know but mm-hmm. we never had that hit but when we heard was golden beat we knew that it was it was dope we knew that if we put the right stuff on top of it people are like it we did mm-hmm. know that now where it go because you can't really pick a hit you know sometimes you can but you know usually once you put your put your creativity out in the air it, it ain't even yours no more you don't own it no more you know so there it is. Mm. You finished um, Jurassic Five with feedback, and then the guys kind of took a bit of a hiatus. And then, kind of in the 2010s, then you did like some reunion tours and released a couple singles. Was that meant? Was that kind of just meant to be like a farewell, like this goodbye, or was there meant to be more? Because I remember I went to the Brixton Academy show in 2013. Oh yeah. And that was like a big like we're back. And I remember feeling particularly young. I must have been like 15 or 16. And yeah, you like, were young. It was like we're back, and then like look around the crowd, everyone was like twenty five, thirty. I was yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You were young. Thank you, man, for bringing your youthfulness to the, to the joint. I appreciate that. But um, no, it wasn't like we were back. I was surprised that people still wanted to see I, that Brixton thing. That was two nights. Yeah, sold out two nights. I wasn't expecting that, uh, and it wasn't really like a comeback thing. Um, it's one of those things to where it's like, and even now, people still call to get us to want to come do stuff they still they still call even when i was doing uh my solo thing i couldn't get shows because they were like we would uh put him on but we think we're gonna get jurassic fire to say yes to this show and i was sitting there like you know I'm in Jurassic Five, right? I was just like, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I don't know who you've been talking to, but I was just like, if I say we ain't gonna do it, 
trust me. <laughs> we ain't doing it. But I was just like, but you go ahead. But, you know, but yeah, we still have people do it. But it wasn't meant to, uh, it wasn't even a, a thing because the vibe with, within the crew, it's a really funny vibe, man. It's a really, look, this is the most beautifulest thing that ever, and I know that's not really a word, but the most beautifulest thing to ever happen to any of us in the J5. But at the same time, I, the industry is a is a bitch. The industry is a bitch. You 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 come in as the three musketeers and you lead that motherfucker like Bruce Willis and Demi Moore. I mean, who whoever's a bad <laughs> who's a bad breakup? What was a bad that everybody knew about the breakup? Yeah, you come in there as the three musketeers and you leave as I don't know shit. Uh, whoever you know, Ashton Kusher and Demi Moore. I don't you know, break <laughs> is just horrible. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And you know that's just that's that's what it is, man. That's what it's an unfortunate thing. Not for everybody, but for the majority of people, it happens like that. So. We just talked about the Brixton Academy show. Um, did you feel like a special connection with the UK? Because I feel like yep. UK hip hop. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, no, because no. It, 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 you know why? Because you guys embraced us first. America didn't embrace us because we at like you at the time it was gangster. If we wasn't talking about the streets to shit and. I ain't gonna so much, but I mean, it, you know, it's about shooting and killing and getting mm-hmm. his money and robbing. You know, we wasn't talking about that because we didn't do that. Mm-hmm. So we was like, you know, we come in the game, we're not gonna be saying shit that we don't do because where we're from, you get checked for that, mm-hmm. and you get checked for that from the people in the street. You'll have somebody come run up on you and be like, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, you used to sing in a church choir. You ain't shot no gun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. You know, you used to get, you know, women used to slap you over the back of the head. You was never no ladies, man. You know, so it was that. <laughs> so we, we did what, what we always did. And I think that resonated with people, too, because I think you could feel that from us. Um, but they wasn't checking for us out here. When we put out a 12-inch Unified Revolution. I'm the international king of all kings. Creates the ill scene, shades of Robinson Green. Yeah, I'm funky fresh, I got style and finesse. From the north to the south to the east to the west. And if the roots on fire, put the pen to the paper. I fade with the data, it's the live motivator. And from shore to shore, and from sea to sea. And everywhere that we go, we're in a place to be. It's like that. And that was actually the song we wrote to go to the good life to blow up with. But it turned out so well. We were like, yo, you know, because J5 is two separate groups. So me and the cat that I was with, we had demo deals all through. Well, we couldn't get a deal. They had demo deals. Well, they thought they was going to get a deal. Fell through. So when we did Unify Revolution, we was like, dude, this sounds a little bit better than what we anticipated. Let's press it up and see what happened. Now, see, it worked perfectly because before I got fired, y'all, this is before I got fired. <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I had connections to a lot of the colleges in the 50 states. Uh-huh. So I could send it to certain DJs that I knew would play it. So I was like, give me these many copies. I'll send them to my guys. And actually, there was some charts. There used to be these charts, these college charts. And I got it charted. 
So now when people look at the chart, they was like, who the hell are they? Who is this? And so then it got out this that's soup from Interscope. And so now Buzz started. Buzz started. And then we actually got a, a 12-inch deal with this uh, label called TNT. And TNT, it was called TNT Blunt. And Blunt Records at the time had, I don't know if you remember a guy named Mike Geronimo. So, so, yeah, it was Mike Geronimo. And who else they had on there before he blew up was they had a group called, was it Money, Money Click? Money Click, mm-hmm. Cash Money, something like that. But the guy who was in that group was Ja Rule. Okay. And this was before Ja Rule became Ja Rule. So we had that 12-inch deal, and we thought, oh, man, we're going to get signed to a New York label. We're from L.A. We're going to do it. And it, it didn't pan out. And so mm-hmm. then we decided to put out our own stuff, which was the, um, the J5 EP. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have any expectations. I didn't because I come from the if one of these labels in America ain't checking for you, it, it would whatever you know what I'm saying. And just so happened somebody over in the UK played against Sam, heard it, and was like, "We want to pick it up. We love it. We want to pick it up." And I was still skeptical. I was just like, "Dude, how's that gonna work?" I was just like, "We from L, you know? I was like, we from." We from we from United States. They from you. How's that gonna work? We too far to be communicating. Because I'm ignorant. I'm, I'm ignorant, you know. So um, they were really, really like interested, man. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And at that time, I was, and I still am, but I, I I've gotten a lot better. But at that time, I was petrified of flying. And we flew so many times over to you guys. I was like, man, I didn't want to see a, 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 a sentence with a U in it. I was just like, I don't want to hear nothing about UK. Don't put UK together. Don't put. Don't start something with Q. U. Don't. I don't want to hear nothing with a U in it, man. We was flying back and forth, and I was, oh man, I was a wreck. Um, but you guys embraced us, and you guys were the first to give J Five the sold out shows, mm-hmm. the lines around the corner. The uh, the hit because basically I, uh, Ju from Jurassic Five is kind of considered a hit, and just the the magazine cover, the the magazines, the on TV out there, that was you guys. So I always got love for you guys, always, always, man. So and that's real talk. It's interesting that you got such like a connection to the UK because we went to see the Fully Love show at Glastonbury. Oh, really? Summer. Yeah. And both of you guys are just you. Yeah, yeah, both of us. Somebody yeah. threw, you know, somebody threw some shit at me while I was on stage. Was it y'all? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I heard somebody throw some shit. Play Ju or some shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, all right, okay, just check it. All right, we're going to continue, man. I'm sorry. In fact, not to make it weird, you don't have to remember this at all. I wouldn't have remembered it if I was you. We actually met and had a conversation after the show. Very briefly. All three of us or just you? Yeah, all three of us. All three of us. Really? Yeah. (laughs) 
was I was I kind to you guys? I must You're have lovely. been. You're lovely. You're lovely. Yeah, because I don't, you know, because I, I might have been on one of my diva moments like peasants. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you want? No, no. Um, oh, okay. And so let me ask you guys something. And just, yeah. and be honest, even though we own, this is going to go out and people going to see it, but let's just, we, we being candid. Did y'all like the show? Just I be honest. It, I thought it was amazing. Yeah, yeah we really you know enjoyed what? it. I think, um, obviously we came and like, I wasn't very familiar with Fully Love and on the lineup it said like, J5 Soup presents Fully Love. And I was like, well, I like Jurassic 5. I probably like this. And then... Mm-hmm. It was like completely different to what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like you with a new hip hop kind of thing, um, doing like a new startup, whatever. And then when you start doing like disco-y songs and soulful songs and singing and having a whole live band with you, I was really shocked, but at the same time thought like, this is a really cool thing to experience. And also it was in like one of the kind of smaller tents, one of the first days, it was a bit more intimate. And I thought like, this is surprising, but good surprising. Okay, all right, I'll take that. Mm-hmm. We brought friends with us that we'd just convinced because we'd been like, oh, just come, it's soup. Come and see soup. <laughs> and, oh, so, and so y'all brought somebody else in on y'all crime yeah. spree, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we brought um, my girlfriend, Jules's girlfriend, a couple of our friends, and they, they all loved it. Everybody had a good time. Okay, great, man, great, yeah. But I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say the band is made up I don't know if it's different when you're not playing in the UK but is the band the rest of them are they all English yeah they all were they all were and I on on, I'm gonna tell you how um (laughs) let me tell you uh, let me talk no uh, (laughs) um so I'm on Facebook I'm on I'm not on it a lot but I'm on it and I see a message that says it says something about a, 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 a f- my, my first Fully Love EP I put out. And somebody mm-hmm. had hit me and was like, man, I really dig this EP. Now, mm-hmm. I don't really care what they would have said after that. They had me. They had <laughs> me. I was just like, okay, I, I like this person. And then mm-hmm. they said, if you're ever in the UK and you need a band, and see, when I was doing Fully Love, I wanted a band. I just didn't know I was going to be able to get it that soon. Mm-hmm. But the the thing was to 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 make sure I, I you know have a band. So he the guy was like, if you ever need a band while you out here, let me know. I said, wow. I said because that's one thing that I wanted to do, and I was just like, that's good to know. So I just made it a mental note, and that was it. And then he hit me a few days later, and then we kind of started talking. He said, I also have do music. He's like, I play bass, and then um. We kind of started uh, corresponding, and then he was like, and then one time I was on on a Facebook and seen his profile, and I started noticing he was at all these festivals. Mm-hmm. And I was just, so I asked him, I said, dude, how are you getting on all these festivals? And sometimes we would talk, and he would be like, yeah, man, I'll holler at you uh, next week because I got two shows to do over the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, dude, how are you doing all these festivals? And then he told me. 
And then I was like, man, that would be cool. I said, man, you know, I said, that'd be cool. I said, man, I would like to come out and just maybe do, if I could just do two or three festivals, I think <laughs> that's what I thought, you know. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I could just do two or three festivals to get my foot feet wet, because see, the Fully Love thing was, it was just me. So it's different from doing the, the EP and my album to actually performing it. Because now I got to make sure I got the breath control, the stage presence. I got to make sure I'm conducting everything. It all falls on me. It's not J5 to where it's other members that can catch something if you don't. Mm -hmm. So I was nervous. And then that's why I was like, well, I'll do two or three shows, you know, just to get my feet wet to see if I could do it. He said, yeah, man, I think we can make that happen. Oh, man, fuck around there, man. And I was just like, next thing you know, they came and... They were like, we got a show. And I was like, whoa. And it was like, we got another show. I was like, and then we got, we had three shows. And I was like, cool, I'm straight. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, I start getting calls. And it was like, well, this festival said they were interested. But in order for them to get interested, when they put the fillers out at first, they was they were skeptical at first because they was like, okay, we kind of like you guys. Well, we know J5, mm-hmm. but what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just like, is there any video of him? Mm-hmm. So I flew out to the UK. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but I wasn't scared. I was like, man, I got to make this happen. So I was just like, I flew out, did a uh, did a video, um, was able to hook it up to where some people helped out and gave us a stage, gave us a recording, um, the guy who did put the band together ordered in some favors and we did a 30 second maybe a 30 second to a minute little video and then sent it to the festival so they could see mm-hmm. and after that they were like yeah but then they, they were like yeah but before then they were like yeah we like him and we think it's dope but you know we're gonna get jurassic five to come here and that's when i was like no you're not <laughs> so, no we're not we won't be there i'll be there but we uh, jurassic one but not the whole other uh, not the five though and then i had to go to the to uh the talent agency that jurassic five is under until our point person like dude i can't get these festival shows because these people still thinking that we i said man we not performing right now i was like can you please inform them so i can get on he did and then the shows start coming like hotcakes and then it was just and then once people seen the show more people start coming aboard and i was just like oh shit i'm really on to something so now i'm just 36 almost 40 shows later i i went over to the UK on in April of last year and I stayed for about five to six months in Swindon. Are you guys familiar with Swindon? <laughs> yeah. Vaguely. Trust me. I was in Swindon miserable. I was just, <laughs> I, oh my God, it was just nothing. People would see me, sometimes people would see me walking in the streets and they would notice me and go, what are you doing here? And I was just like, I, you know, it's just one of those things. But yeah, man. But who's, whose idea was Swindon? What a, the bass player, he put together the band. He was like, man, I can get a band together. Yeah. And he was like, 
you know, he was stationed in Swindon. So it just made it easier with me, me and his connection. But that, you know, after a couple of weeks there, I was just like, dude, this this is a tough sale, bro. This is a tough sale, man. Yeah, man. That shit was tough for me, man. But I got through it and what didn't kill me made me stronger. So, you know, and Fully Love was able to... Um, get some notoriety as far as that it still ain't where I wanted it at all but it, it, it gave me the confidence that you wouldn't believe I was going to say it sounds like you have more like ambition and drive with Fully Love in, in the sense that like before you didn't really want to do music but now you're putting out this solo project and you're going full on it yeah yeah because um, what took me so long to put stuff out was because I didn't have the confidence and people was like, oh, man, but you was in Jurassic Five. I said, yeah, but that was a collective of folks. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, that, that's different. And then I would see other members put out stuff. And sometime I would listen to it. And I would sit there and go, not that it's not good, but I was just like, dude, here I am tripping on what I think people would say about my shit. And I'm like, and they putting stuff out. And I'm like, the first six tracks are very mediocre in my opinion you know what i'm saying and i was like but when you see them i was like they look like they got all the confidence in the world and i was just like they put this shit out and i was like and they stand behind this shit and i was just like soup stop worrying something one day something was just like stop worrying about what people think because they're gonna think they're gonna go to the extreme on both if they like it they're gonna go to the extreme because I've had people that liked it and and, and, and then they go uh, yeah because other members of the group oh they stuff is is whack your shit is the best your show is better than and then I was just like dude if you like my shit just like my shit I was like don't 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 diss nobody else just to let me know you like it's like just just like me OG I was like cause I don't you know don't do that but then you'll get the opposite then people I know I was doing a show and somebody yelled out another member uh, they, they yelled out Charlie Tuna at my show and I was just <laughs> like <laughs> I laughed a little bit I kind of chuckled but then I was just like security can you remove this man you know because <laughs> i'm just like dude don't do that you know but it is you know at extreme and some people go man i don't like why you why you singing now why you ain't rapping why you singing now i don't lie you but then the thing is this if i would have came out with a rap record a hip-hop record just kind of like what you said jay if i would have came you was like you said i thought it was a hip-hop i thought Mm-hmm. You are, but then when you heard something different, you was like, okay. It, and whether you were on board in the beginning or not, you still you was interested enough. It was interesting enough to where you say, well, let me at least sit and see it, mm-hmm. and then I can give a, a, a proper you know commentary on it later. But and that's the thing. That's why I came out so left. That's why when you guys see me at Glastonbury, I had on the type of suits I had and, and stuff like yeah, man. Because I was like, this is me. I'm having fun. I'm not scared no more. I'm not insecure about my shit no more. If you like it, I love it. So, and that's it, man. That's yeah. it. Did you feel like um, kind of playing uh, intimate venues and like kind of smaller stages at places like Glastonbury 
kind of gave you a bit more confidence in the sense that like you were more able to experiment with things and you like you could come to the crowd after the show and be like what did you guys think and chat to people like me and Aaron and kind of like have maybe less pressure on you did you ever feel like that um I thought it was more pressure on I, it was <clears throat> it was pressure on me but it wasn't if the, I don't know if that makes sense. Um, it was pressure in the point because of what J5, my baggage I had. So the J5 baggage. And if you like J5, I have a uh, unwritten obligation mm-hmm. to kind of keep that momentum going as far as what you may consider J. If you consider J5 made good music, I have that obligation of continuing that whether I'm with them or not. Mm-hmm. already to a to a person who's a fan so that kind of pressure was on but also the pressure was off because of j5 is the same thing now if you're a fan of j5 you know in order for me to sound like j5 i need j5 and they're not here so you can't hold me responsible if your perception of this ain't what you Ain't what you think, you know, it's not what you thought it would be. So my thing is it gave me that, it gave me kind of the best of both worlds, you know. And I was more, it was more pressure on just knowing if I can give a good show. If I can give a good show. If I can sing these songs and sound decent and not sing these songs and people be like, he's horrible live. That was my number one thing. So, and I figured, are you guys, let me ask you, are you guys still with your girlfriends that you guys brought to the show? Yeah, we yeah. are actually. Okay, then then I did my job. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go to a fully love, a fully love show and break people up. No, you can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't do that. So if I didn't do that, then I'm on point. Y'all still together, and that's a good memory at a fully love show. <laughs> yeah. Now, if y'all would have broke up, I would might have to rethink my my, my position. But yeah, well, I'm good to go. Then cool. Thank you guys. <laughs> But so, kind of, you're talking as if like um, you had the live aspect of fully love a lot more at the forefront than the recording aspect. Is that kind of uh, right to say, or were you kind of thinking of both like equally? Um, both equally, actually, um, because um, the stuff that I recorded, I enjoy. I dig the stuff. I I dig, and it, and even within that, it was a lot of breakthroughs because I didn't know if I could actually sit and make a whole. That's why I came out with an EP first because I was just like, man, before I just jump into an album with 10, 11, 12 songs, let me see if I even got what it takes. So to do six songs and was able to do them and able to still listen to them and be like, I dig it into a, a full length into another EP that I just finished. I knew I had that, but if I don't have a hit mm-hmm. or if my music don't come out enough to where you can just press a button and, and have access to it, that means I have to go on the road to get people to join in with me. And so that show is super important. Mm-hmm. That show is more important than the music i see a ton of people putting out music i see a ton of people putting out uh uh doing shows and it all depends sometimes you see people and you be like i i seen them first at a show and they show was cool and that's why you know i jumped in on it or sometimes you hear their music and then go see the show and be like they are horrible so i had to make sure i had both of them you know what i'm saying so it's good that you guys came and saw it to where it don't have to just be me 
in my biased opinion of what my, I think my show is. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's you guys now that can actually go out and say, no, it. he's he's very decent. So Going forward now that you've, because you recorded the project without having the band, and now that you've got it, is there gonna are they gonna be more incorporated in future releases? Um, I don't know. Because the the woman, I've forgotten her name, but the like singer Sabrina. Yeah, really good. Yeah, yeah. She um she has a um um she has a beautiful mother. Um no, I don't mean like looks and and I'm not saying her mother, but I mean just her spirit, her aura is incredible. Uh-huh. Um but Sabrina is talented. She could sing, but she also has her little struggle with the confidence thing. So me and her, I could, you know, but uh, but she has put stuff out though you know she has put I don't it hasn't stopped her but you know mm-hmm. it's it's just you know we kind of like Kendrick's Kendrick Kendrick spirits yeah on that <laughs> yeah yeah so um you know she she's good and and you know I think she should do more you know mm-hmm. but it, that's up to her you know but I understand you know I understand if she a little apprehensive because it is scary when you on stage by yourself uh, did I answer that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about the band just yet. You know, I kind of okay. like the way I'm doing it now, but it, it, you know, that's something in the future that's definitely doable. Usually, we kind of like to end the show with some recommendations. Um, so oh, it usually man. just be like something that we've been listening to recently, or maybe something <laughs> that we wanted to plug, or like something that feels apt for the times. Is there any? album or body of work that you'd like to recommend for our listeners well my body of work first (laughs) (laughs) uh fully love uh free white and 21 uh album yeah and i have an ep called still in fully love those first uh but i um the new run the jewels Record isn't mm-hmm. bad. Looking for M's like I lost a friend. Jump out of my bed like where the bread. You go hold the egg. Way to bring the check. When we talk, we collect the car. Keep us in your thoughts. Fully dressed at the crack of dawn. Weapons letting off. I can hear them from the block. See them creeping through the fog. Season's greetings, now feeding season can start. Oh my God. Look alive. Looking like I live life on a crooked line. Doing fine. You want maximum stupid. I am the guy. Yeah, that that isn't bad. I, I had a chance to hear that. I thought that was decent. Um... I mentioned Mike Geronimo. Maybe you guys could, you know, dig back a little Mike Geronimo. You know, stuff like that. I don't. It's not too much, to be honest with you. It's it's not too much new stuff, especially in hip hop, that I like, if at all, because it is it, they're not talking to me. Yeah. You know, you know, they're not talking to me. I'm not interested in you know a lot of the stuff that they talk about now. Um, so I don't want to diss it. It's just not for me. I, you know, and it's the same with my father. Uh, he didn't know who Run DMC was. If he did, wouldn't have ran it. If he wouldn't have won that song at a, a raffle, he would have probably never knew who they were. So you know what I'm saying? So you know, it's one of those things. It it, it wasn't speaking to him, and it spoke to me. And this new stuff don't speak to me. It speaks to you know my kids or 
you know, a younger generation, you know. So, but my plug, get, go get my stuff first. Go get fully love first. Yeah, let's start there, you know. If we could, and run and run the jewels. I did like run the jewels. Uh, yeah. Record though, I did like it. Yeah, the only run the jewels one that I've heard so far is the chat with DJ Premier, and I quite like that one. No, yeah, it's dope. It's dope. They got. Yeah, it sounds. It sounds really, really good, man. I. I I really dig those guys. Those guys yeah. are really, yeah, they're really dope. Um, Aaron, what have you got for us this week? I feel like I've, we've put it on a lot of playlists. I don't know if I've actually spoken about it before, but um, the Ocean album, Bittersweet Volume 1, really, really mm-hmm. good. Um, they were also playing at Glastonbury at the time, but we didn't get to see them for yeah. some reason. I feel like they had a bit of a weird time slot and then we just didn't end up seeing them, but yeah. Yeah. How did you guys... Um, did Glastonbury last year? How did you loved guys it. dig it? I loved yeah. it. I did you guys stay for the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Did you get to do any of the like actual being at the festival, or did you just do your set? No, no. I was at the you know a couple of the uh, the band members actually camped out, so mm-hmm. that was my first experience kind of camping. I didn't camp out. I went to a hotel. <laughs> I was at a hotel, <laughs> and we drove there. But yeah, but yeah, I, I didn't do no camp. I, I, I'm not gonna be the porta potty. Th- I, I, I can't. <laughs> I, I, just, I can't, bro. I, I did you can't. get to? Did you get to see anyone? Um, you know who I didn't know? It was because it, it was a it was a band. I seen Lizzo, and that mm-hmm. was the first time I saw, I didn't know who Lizzo was. Mm-hmm. I didn't, and I, I seen her there. And, the, and, the, and the, a couple of the band members hit me on to them. It was another, um, it was a, 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 a band of musicians. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I, for some reason, I, I want to say something with a 13, but I'm, I'm not for sure. Was it mm. Ezra Collective? That's it. That was yeah. it. I saw Yo, those guys. How did you get yeah, that? <laughs> yeah, I, that's who it was. That's exactly, because it was, that's who it was. They were playing the same stage and the same day as Lizzo. And I saw Ezra Collective. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and uh, I seen Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> so I had to see what it was about because you know I, I did like Jurassic Park. I like the fly. So I was just like, "What?" And Thor. I was like, "Well, let me see what he got." And it was, it was cool to see. And I just um, then the eating and going around just sampling mm-hmm. as many. Foods as I could, going to a few of um, smaller tents and checking certain people out, man. And it, I enjoyed it. I really, I had a chance to uh, to see it from a different perspective, and it was it was really cool. It was really cool. Man. It was really cool. So, yeah, man. So yeah, it's, it's a shame it it didn't happen this year, but this year yeah, is yeah. It's, it's a weird. 2020 <laughs> weird yeah. man it's very very weird man very weird so yeah um jules what's your recommendation for this uh week? this week i went for i i might say their names wrong because i think they're french but it's two guys called dunye and crayon who <laughs> i think you said it wrong i've got who, no idea <laughs> they're on the same label as fkj who mm-hmm. i like quite a lot and you know what? I feel like I saw their album on like a targeted Instagram advert or something. So really? shout out targeted <laughs> Instagram adverts. <laughs> Let me say there is a, a a a funk band, a group, a husband and wife from the called A APX. Mm-hmm. 
the APX, and it's a husband and wife uh, duo, and they're really, really good. I really, really like them. They're really, really good. So I don't want to make it seem like <laughs> no recommendation, but they're really, really good. They have some stuff out, and uh, they're really good. Oh, you came with you came with two recommendations. That's even better. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, okay. Well, then, cool. cool. <laughs> but you did you did start with Run the Jewels is not bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, yeah, but I, you know, I, I say that, you know, as you, um, I don't know if it's just because my age at the point, but that's my good. When I sit around there and go, you know, if you, even if you ask me about somebody that looks uh, incredible, and you be like, how is she? I'll be like, she ain't bad. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I'm, I'm past the. Uh, oh my gosh, she. I'm past that. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm past that. Now I look at stuff and be like, yeah, man, it's doable. It's doable. That's my good. I'm sorry, man. Once you start yeah. getting this. Yeah, you you guys will see. Watch, y'all will see. Y'all will see. And then too, if you don't have children, you know, I have two chill two kids. <laughs> Once you don't have to show that enthusiasm no more for everything. <laughs> yeah, shit is just doable. Shit is just it's cool. I like it. It ain't like oh because when you got kids, every you got every time they come with something, it got to be oh my god, it's great. And you like ah, you know so sorry kids. <laughs> well thanks so much for coming on oh yeah, thank, thank you, you man for having a lovely me. time you've given us so many great stories um thank you man. really yeah. cool to have you on and next time you're in the uk then we'll be sure to come to a fully love show yeah please please do man please do yeah. hopefully it's uh bigger and better and uh got more people you know people get more access to it so that's the that's the plan but i appreciate this uh, I was shocked when I read, you know, you guys emailed me, but I, I thank you very much for considering me, man. And it was <laughs> not only was this great to do when I know about you guys, but I also know how to work garage band. Boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right for all you other haters. Yeah, I know how to work garage band now. And I got Zoom. Hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys man I appreciate it so much and uh, please too let people know on your end I'm not Biggie Smalls just let them know man I'm not Biggie Smalls man yeah, damn okay, but yeah thank you guys so much man thank you Lovely. anyway All right. peace out nice nice All right bye bye <laughs>